sing us the song of your people. Tiger Train, chuffa, 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 chuffa. Moo, moo. Howdy, welcome to this episode 18 of the Where Are We podcast. I am Orange Wolf, your host, and today I'm joined by Black Paws, Blue Tiger, and Tiger Acolyte. Say hey, everybody. Hey, hey. yeah. Oh. Oh, we didn't do the start of woo. Okay, let's let's just do that start of root. Oh, a start of woo. Okay, three, two, one. Oh. <laughs> I just actually did that so people could hear us do that in the recording. So, haha. Uh-huh. How have you guys been? Tired. <laughs> and tigered. Tired. Lazy cats. <laughs> Pretty much. Everybody enjoying this spring, summer, winter mishmash thing we've had going on. Uh, no, I'm not. I'm not allowed to have summer. Is what I've determined. It comes for one day and then leaves, and we get snow. Snow? What's that? Well, we've had a lot of snow too. Well, uh, it was yeah. We had snow like the day after a 75 degree day. So it's just kind of weird, atypical, stormy stuff. Uh, I don't know who the storm caller is around here, but he needs to be fired. So yeah, other than that, just uh, working, school, and doing my best to avoid most news sources because I don't enjoy any of them and congratulations to the world for seeing a middle-aged man have his uh, midlife crisis and buy expensive toys to do God only knows what with them I feel somewhat enlightened that I actually have no idea what you're talking about <laughs> the muskrat oh Twitter you're you're not buying the bird. You're not even on Twitter, and you're going to bring that up. I know I'm not, uh, but it's you know the news that's been all over the place. Yeah, I don't know. So what is that like? Uh, something along the lines of one of the things they're trying to do is uh, make accounts verified now. I guess trying to strike the anonymity of accounts. That's going to put a hurting on some people. We understand you're upset by this, Seth, but you'll get over it. I'm crying a river. <laughs> is there anything that's any any relevant news? Ah, we do have news. Um, so Black Paul's had a birthday. Yes, he did. Do we need to sing now? I I thought you were kidding about bringing that up. Happy birthday to you. So, uh, what did you do for your birthday? Yeah, I did some stuff with relatives on the day surrounding it, but on the actual day, uh, I pretty much did nothing but sleep in and eat a large hunk of steak, which actually counts as a pretty good day in my book. I was it. Sounds a phenomenal day. Phenomenal. Because steak. But yeah, another sun uh, revolution has been completed. Hopefully many, many more. But don't you foxes get to live like thousands of years? Some do, and I suppose. And sometimes, you know, not in- encased in stone. Does that mean you're a katsune? <laughs> I have a hard enough time contemplating, you know, normal foxhood. I'm not sure I could. <laughs> I could uh, start thinking about things that at this point. I don't know. You're talking like you're thousands of years old. What else, What other kind of fox could you be? I, I, I'm thinking that, you know, there's a rock that recently cracked, so... You know? But that, that's recently. So I, why is our lawyer writing kanji on talismans? That's interesting. But like you said, recently. Yeah, I mean, recently. I've been around longer than that. Uh, well, that doesn't mean you didn't do time manipulation. Oh, I, I, I didn't actually exist until until the day after. No, no, you would you would uh, circle back in time. I mean, they are magical creatures, and uh, you know, just take the take the root at that point. 
I guess to ask point blank, did you do the time warp again? Not, not in, only in Magic the Gathering. Oh, you play Magic? I have, at least, oh. yes. Oh, have, okay. So yeah. you do not actively. Well, I mean, even if I wanted to, I, uh, it's been hard lately because of, uh, you know, because of events, so. They've got some, like, online free variants of Magic, and I've not played them yet, so I can't really vouch for them, but I've been curious about... Uh, I, I used to play the, like, I guess you call it tabletop version, the, the actual card version, so I haven't done, haven't done yeah. that in a while. I got, I got a bunch of cards still. Yep, uh, the, same here. Yeah, the MTG Arena is not bad. Um, mm -hmm. In fact, there's some really nice things about it because it doesn't allow you to screw up your turns and all that stuff. But uh, I've got I've got a bunch of cards around here. I actually got recently some of the new werewolf deck cards. Mm. I didn't get as many werewolves as I wanted, but some of the art is pretty cool. I remember, was that like a werewolf the apocalypse crossover or something else? No, um, I don't have anything right here on my desk at the moment, so I don't remember what it was technically called. But <clears throat> it's from a, a world of basic horror stuff. Vampires and werewolves and zombies and <laughs> all that good stuff. So uh, a world more fun than the normal one that we live in. Oh, in some ways, I would I suppose, but in others, you know, there's a whole humanity under siege and the bloody death things. They deserve which it. some people might not, might not enjoy. They deserve it. <laughs> I'm just putting it out there. They deserve it. Just look around at society right now. <laughs> uh. Blue, you uh, you wrapped up another semester, didn't you? Five weeks back now, I think. But yes, I, I wrapped up my semester, wrapped up another one of my courses, one of my core courses, got my A. Not the A I wanted, of course, but the A nonetheless. Not the A you not, wanted? Not, not A enough. It wasn't an A minus, it was an A, which is high as you can get, but it wasn't A enough. He wants an S plus. So I got my my full credit of grade points for that course. But I'm confused by the final, and I want to know what I what I got wrong on the final. I don't have that information yet. What was this the final one in the kid? Uh, that one was managerial accounting. Exciting. So yes, it uh, deals with how you can slice and dice all sorts of different things that are not part of GAP, which is generally accepted accounting principles. Congrats on so, that. All the internal books, basically. That's why you have at least two books in most businesses. You have the external books, you have the internal books. The internal books give you different information. Well, a different way to look at the information, I should say. This slicing and dicing also includes humans. Hmm? When you just talked about mauling humans. I'm just curious. He's confusing me, guys. And how have you been, TA? I had a recent issue with um, a house builder falling through and us dodging a bullet being on the hook for that. But um, we are doing good otherwise. Are you eating as well, or...? I am enjoying a cinnamon roll. Not sharing. Uh, no, I'm sorry. These, these cinnamon rolls are too delicious. Uh, but yeah, not much going on here. Um, did we have a topic? I, I didn't think there was a very coherent idea of what we were going to talk about how I'm doing. Last week or so, I've been on vacation, and it's been a nice break away from electronics uh, I, I talk a lot on this podcast about people needing to get off of social media and things like that and it's been tremendously uh, enriching and recharging for me I recommend anyone who's feeling like they're too glued to their electronics get away for a little bit it'll do you a lot of good 
I don't talk about my therianthropic experiences at a very personal level sometimes, but a lot of my vacation involved like touring around new places and kind of just exploring. And while I don't like cities from the perspective of having a lot of people, having a lot of crowds, having a lot of vehicles and stuff like that too, I do love being able to explore in places like that. So I feel like it gave me that opportunity to kind of enrich the the inner critter, so to speak. I went to Savannah, Georgia, and there were some very beautiful outdoorsy places that were actually in the city. And uh, it's nice to have that, nice to be surrounded by nature, see a lot of birds all over the place, a lot of dogs all over the place too, which was really cool. It's a very dog-friendly city, so there were a lot of orcs. Question. Um, well, yes. number one, sorry, I completely forgot you didn't go yet. <laughs> um, two, how is how is an outdoorsy city? One, rude. Two, so Savannah's interesting. It's like the city is a major grid. And like every few blocks, they have like a, a really nice park. So like within the city, it's not like super big, like probably nowhere near as big as what like Central Park is in New York. I, I wouldn't know. I've not been there. But still, every few blocks, you get that break away from like all of the humanity and you get these spots where you can go in and, and find some quiet and nature and just kind of get back in touch with that. So it's interesting because you are in a city and there are people all around, but you, there are pockets of nature there and it's, it's kind of, it was cool to have the opportunity to kind of go there and be able to vibe in the midst of all of the other exploration. So too. you're surrounded by buildings, but there's still nature for you to vibe in. Yes. Hey, it works. Interesting. I wouldn't think something like that would be terribly enjoyable if you're surrounded by reminders that you're in a concrete prison. Well, it's uh, portions of the trip, too. Uh, we had some events that were planned, and I kind of challenged myself to be the lead in that sort of regard. So some of the exploration was led by me. So while I understand, yeah, it's concrete city sort of thing, I enjoyed sort of setting a direction and just kind of seeing where I went, uh, exploring in that kind of avenue. Yeah, there were people still around. Yeah, I had to watch out for cars and things like that too, but it was nice to just kind of roam, basically. Well, yeah, being in a city in that kind of regard can feel constraining. I kind of just tried to like not focus on that and tried to satisfy the Rome aspect of that nature. I would think that being in a an environment like that is superior to to most. I mean, at the at the end of the day, we all need to deal with society at, at some level, shape, or form. And at least being in an environment like that, where you have those abilities to break. Even if they're a little bit designed, I would find that far more enjoyable than some of the places that I've been. Do you live close to like Central Park? Uh, you're 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 one of those New York New York people, right? No, I'm not a New York New York person. <laughs> but like, have you ever been there? Have I been to New York New York? Yes. Well, Central Park. I've. Uh been adjacent to Central Park. I haven't actually walked in Central Park myself. And business didn't permit that, but uh, some of the places I've been have been very in close proximity. I uh, 
was there a very, very long time ago. Never got to Central Park, though. I'm just curious from the same avenue. Like, Savannah is probably nowhere near as tight-packed as a place like New York is, by any means. So, populated in popular area, yes, but I think it's toned down. But I'm so curious, like, if people find places like Central Park or whatnot, if they give... If, if that gives them that satisfactory sort of, yeah, it might just be a small smidge of nature, but it's still connecting to it in a sense. That's something I've considered because there's this park relatively nearby that has a, basically a clump of, clump of trees in the middle of it. If you go on the outskirts of this clump, which isn't very big, you know, you can hear road noise or see the... Uh, the surrounding houses, but if you go into a place just r right in the middle and sort of tune a lot of noises out, you can almost sort of not for exactly forget, but you know, pretend, I suppose, that you're in the middle of nowhere. And it's it's interesting, kind of nice. It's kind, kind of nice to have. I mean, it's not something I ever expected to find. And situationally, uh, you know, for some people, that may be the closest that they have to get back to nature on a more daily basis, too. Mm -hmm. The focus of this trip wasn't to get out and do like a lot of hiking and stuff like that either. That's why I thought it was kind of interesting because I didn't expect to have that kind of like natural connection to it. But I have to admit, like I, I've seen some of the scenery from like Georgia before, and I really like the the large kind of gnarled oaks with the Spanish moss on them. Uh, I, I find that very appealing, like scenery to to kind of be around or to see. So being around that was kind of cool anyway. So I don't know. I, I had a good time. I thought it was fun. So, whereas these the back to nature stuff, as you put it, sort of spontaneous on your part, or uh, yes and no. This was a place that I've never been to before, so it was just I kind of wanted to experience that while doing some other things too. Savannah has a lot of history around it. Uh, there's natural history. There's a lot of human history. Uh, we actually did some ghost tours, mm. things like that too. So. It was kind of like a well-rounded mix of experience. I kind of wanted to be immersed in several things. And uh, I thought I, I got a good opportunity to do that. I'm also going to report that Secret Doggo had to go to like a Secret Doggo secret vacation resort. And she, they gave a report card of her behavior. Uh -huh. And she got an A plus too. So huh. Blue, uh, I think... I think Secret Doggo got a better grade than you do. Uh, Sorry. But she is the alpha. She is. I'm kind of disappointed, though, because it's like, I don't know. It, it says that she cuddled everybody. And I'm like, no loyalty. <laughs> well, that's one way, one perspective to put it. It was a really good feeling to have that kind of response, though, because we've trained her since she was a puppy, and sometimes it feels like, is this training ever going to pay off? So getting positive feedback from strangers that you know my doctor was excellently behaved and pretty much like gold star child it's it's i was proud of her your, your kid brought home and he was report card that's that's a nice thing and we actually put it on the refrigerator too yes i give Kay the credit <laughs> uh it's it's probably due there all right does anybody else have anything to recap in that kind of vein before we move on with the main stuff you know for me personally i'm not going to speak on behalf of the podcast here if you're listening from ukraine we support you at least i support you i have friends there and uh connections there and uh what is happening is just beyond my 
fathoming. I've been in contact with a lot of people there, you know, making sure they're okay. And, you know, glory to Ukraine. Generally, are they doing okay? Are the people you know over there doing okay? Yeah, for the most part. You know, a few have joined the forces. Most are staying safe in uh, the western city of Lviv. Some have fled, but for the most part, they're they're holding up. And because of their skills and abilities in the uh, information technology and software worlds here, some of you know they're they're putting their skills to good use. We'll put it that way. Yeah, well, that that's definitely not nothing. Yeah, it's it's not nothing, but it's um, it just boggles my mind that what's going on and. Here in the States, uh, it's been my observation that people are starting to already become apathetic to it. So mm-hmm. uh, they don't have that luxury. So sorry, guys, this bring that. I just, I kind of popped in my head. And I was like, I got to say something. Thank you for saying that. No problem. All right. So, yeah, for this episode, we have one book that we want to discuss. And we're going to do that somewhat briefly because we are waiting for Callisto Wolf to have the opportunity to join in the conversation and there's also a an audible book and i believe it was free yes that one was free uh, called the werewolves 15 minutes yes so uh there are two articles of media that may be relevant or interesting to therians and we'd like to kind of discuss them a little bit uh this is also intended to kind of break the ice so if you listen in and you indulge in these articles of media and you want to come on and discuss with us Please reach out to us if you have any suggestions of Therian content that we can look at and review. Uh, we're not doing this for any kind of endorsement or anything like that. We're pretty much just trying to help people, I don't know, find find things that they might find interesting, you know, kind of help network. Don't know much about the author or why this he was inspired to write this. It was definitely an interesting book. It was told from the perspective uh, of a young wolf initially uh you kind of see it evolve through some of the lifetime there too i think it was very well done overall honestly i have reached out to the author and uh provided my feedback to him i thought it was you know like the first half i actually really thought was really on point really interesting and i was curious as to uh what inspired and didn't get a clear answer um which is kind of cool though authors can keep their mystery and uh i appreciate that too so what i really did enjoy was you know he he kind of did this entire thread of the family connection and seeing some of the conflict within even a family unit uh, and eventually kind of breaking free of uh, of that and finding their own way. Don't want to give too much of the book away, ultimately. Probably my only frustration with it, and was, and I did express that to him as well. Towards the end, it just kind of, it didn't fall flat. It didn't, it, it wasn't that it didn't stay true to what he was doing. I felt there was something that was missing at the end. Uh, I think it's the best way I can describe it. I will say that I thoroughly enjoyed it, though. I really thought it was a very interesting book in a different perspective. And I thought it was fascinating the way he approached the whole whole situation and really captured a very feral point of view in a very unique way. Uh, I don't know about you, Zef, but what do you think? About that, I'm going to back up a little bit, too. Uh, again, for those listening in, this is Brilliant White Peaks. And the author is Tang Rong. And a listener of the podcast reached out and was like, hey, you might like this. Check it out. And I actually went with the, the audiobook version on uh, Audible because I cannot find time to actually read. And I'm sorry about that. I actually want to say that like the voice would be the narrator on Audible. 
I think did like an astounding job. Like it was actually very pleasurable to listen to it also. I was curious like what canine therians would take away from it because I you know I I joke about being orange wolf but I'm okay I'm 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 clearly a coyote but like the overall arc of the story seems to follow the life cycle of a particular wolf and the way that I liked things uh, things are being approached in a what I would say well I think blue said a, a very feral point of view that's very accurate I think so I'm curious like how that will resonate with Therian listeners like if that kind of story seeing something narrated from a feral perspective if that makes it more exciting or more uh, identifiable for them I didn't quite relate to the some of the pack dynamics and things like that either but I think it gave me an interesting uh, it gave me actually some food for thought for like reaching out to some canine therians and saying hey curious but is this how family dynamics actually feel for you or is this how you would approach some things in life so I thought it was kind of interesting from that perspective and the ability to kind of try to put myself in the the main character's pause so to speak to try to kind of empathize with with that experience i thought that was pretty cool yeah i think the only thing that i would probably critique from the family dynamics uh heavily is the interaction between his brother and his parents early in the in the book i don't yes i think that could potentially happen but i think it's more mundane when something like that happens and a a dispersal ends up happening I think that the the other aspects of it, especially the interaction with the parents, uh, that interaction with the sister, was very on point, uh, very interesting. There's kind of folklore, for lack of a better term, because it, it it's difficult to actually observe of some of that you know support structure, etc., between siblings. But I would uh, subscribe to that myself, at least based on what I feel. And then the in the latter part. You know, with uh, the growing family in that case, I think there was some realistic there uh, aspects of that and trying to ensure protection and be there for the difficult times as well. So I think I, I really thought there was a lot of good bits and pieces in there. Maybe not a truth through, through a line, but a very a lot of a lot of nuggets that were definitely accurate. I thought that some of the difficult times were relatable to they they weren't too overtly like fantastical. Yes. So and I do want to put out to uh, that while uh, the story is narrated through like a feral point of view, there are conversations between the different characters too. So there is like the slight touch of anthropomorphism in that sense. So it's not that you're not reading like emotes the entire time. There are conversations that kind of relay information uh, between the characters as well. And to me, I don't think that they really that I don't think that detracted. No, it, it didn't um, detract at all. It, it certainly it, it seemed to certainly fit with the form of narration style that the book went through. So, hmm. so as a Tiger Therian, I I enjoyed the book and glad I gave it a chance. I I, I am curious to hear from more Therians. Uh, we we have uh, Callisto Wolf, who's been on the podcast before is going through but he's he's currently out hiking in the middle of the Appalachian Trail so it might be a while before we can have him on to discuss the book too I'm curious in seeing like how other Therians uh, relate to it like 
for the canine theory and this does seem like a very relatable projection of what your theory entropy is like i guess in a sense does it really explain the dynamics of how you perceive the world and and things like that and for non-canine therians who are interested in checking out i'm kind of curious like does it do you have the similar experience to what i do where it helps you empathize somewhat with canine therians or with some dynamics that maybe you don't personally feel uh kind of curious about that hmm. interesting question i mean especially since you're you know for the sake of discussion you're sort of lumping all the canine therians together and now i'm wondering you know if if blaze were here as as a wolf dog you know would he have exactly the same perspective as blue wolf here does you make a fair point there and i do apologize for that it, it does make sense yeah 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 yeah, yeah. it was the contract you're drawing between the the book perspective and yourself and yourself personally, but you animal people. I mean, I haven't read the book, but going off of experience, whenever I've tried to read something from the viewpoint of another animal that isn't a cat or feline, especially if it's like a dog or something, it triggers a, a kind of dysphoria in me, in me that makes it hard for me to continue reading. And see, for me, and uh, you can correct me if I'm remembering this incorrectly, Blue, but I don't think the narration was poised in such a way, like, I didn't feel like I was the main character no. in that kind of no, sense. No, it was definitely so there very wasn't a disconnect there. Yeah, so if I made that sound otherwise... Okay. That, um, that tends to be easier. So, yeah, just to clarify that. Yeah, I think there's enough interaction between the characters that is captured in the prose to... To make it, you know, yes, there's points that it's almost like a soliloquy, but there's enough interactions in that dialogue that it makes it much more of a, you're an observer to this, even though the primary narration is from a particular individual's point of view. Gotcha. Okay. So yeah, I will leave a link in the description for that, for those who are interested. And if you give it a check and you want to give us some feedback. Uh, sorry, if you give it a look or a listen and you want to get in touch with us to have further discussion, we would appreciate that. Is there anything else you want to bring up with that, Blue? Not on that one, no. I, I'm looking forward to getting Callisto's uh, perspective, too. And if anyone does want to join into the dialogue as well, please. We'd be more than happy to, to uh, you know entertain that. I, I never responded to him, and I feel bad for that. Sorry, Callisto. But uh, I think he read the first chapter, and he had a lot of response to it so I'm, I'm very interested in having his discussion as well so hopefully in the, in the near future so the other one that we wanted to talk about was the audible original the werewolves 15 minutes that was entertaining it was i would say very lighthearted. very lighthearted, very tongue-in-cheeky yes that's a that's probably a better way to describe it so for the pups out there i i it may have some content that your parents may not be 100% with. <laughs> like, there's there's some adult references and whatnot. Not, like, sexual things. Uh, a few things that border there, though. Yeah. So, they, like, yeah. There, there is some gore and uh, the situations like that and some other mm, subjects. Yes. So, use, use, use discretion. Good <laughs> discretion is advised. But, uh, yeah, well, yes. Well, listener. Yeah, yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> the, the premise is that there is a real life werewolf and he freaks out his friends by showing them the transformation and then that becomes kind of a thing. And 
it gets posted onto social media and becomes a big sensation. And then, of course, everyone doubting it and like, oh, wow, that's amazing. Camera camera angles and, and editing techniques and everything like that. So they go out of their way to prove that it's not that, that it's real. Uh, and it creates quite a buzz. And uh, the reaction of the world, the social media world to this and, you know, a lot of sympathy in a lot of ways for the for the main character with that you know because here they are they're almost in a in a way persecuted because you've got the the bible thumpers over there you know screaming you know the devil the devil the devil and you have others you know saying you know no this is something unique and something to be cherished and something special and the uh ride high and of course when you ride high there's going to be a crash and that crash because of a simple mistake and then some terminology that is used and just seeing it kind of all dissolve so it's really the the rise and the peak and then the crash of the 15 minutes of fame analogy i thought it was very enjoyable very it, it's a short little story i thoroughly enjoyed it it's not actually 15 minutes long i think it's how long was it like a probably two hours yeah, it's, it's about two hours but it is a it is a free audible original you have audible and it it just is, uh, you know, it's got a lot of current references, uh, very modern references. I found the ending very, very satisfying, honestly. Of course he did. No spoilers, though. I'm not spoiling it. I'm just saying I found it satisfying. I agree. I, I think it's a very contemporary take on, like, okay, well, if you... Huh, this is going to be hypothetical for, you know, the listeners... If you were some sort of were creature in a world full of non-were creatures, how would life be for you? And what would happen if you you had these things to, uh, you know, try to express? And uh, what I thought was interesting is it it does center quite a bit on social media, and I think it has some very important lessons for especially younger Therians who get very involved in social media trends and things like that. Yes. It's, it's very easy to become manipulated into sort of losing yourself in the process of proving yourself sometimes. Uh, it's, it's a complicated thing there. The, the, again, the, a single semantic can turn someone's world entirely around, and I think that's very relatable in, in contemporary society. And it's um, it gave some definite food for thought from that perspective. Yeah, I... I... I think that, you know, the aside from just being an enjoyable, you know, take on a, a modern werewolf take, uh, it was definitely a fresh perspective on it. That capturing of the social media aspect of it, because everything hinges so much around that, just like we see in today's society. Um, and then, you know, what is, are you trending? Are you are you liked enough? Are you what is the consequences of all that? That perspective as to how fast things can turn and and how fleeting it really is in so many ways so are, are you looking for something with depth or are you looking for something that's kind of a flash in the pan um i like that aspect of it it's also sort of like this identity versus validity sort of thing going yeah. on too where again uh he sets out to just show everyone hey you know this is something that i deal with on a on, on a daily basis you know this exists sort of to bring awareness to it and again they they start like hitting that angle of wow that's a really cool sci-fi effect and he has to go out of his way to prove no this is this is who i am it's, it's my validity he almost becomes trapped by 
others who are trying to force different kinds of validity on him. That's fair. And it, it's just, it, it becomes a real mess at that point. And I, I think that's where I, I definitely relate to that. I think that's a, a, a very good point there of, you know, you definitely got trapped by everything in the whirlwind in association with it. The world of groupies was hilarious too. <laughs> but yes, but yeah, I will. Uh, so I will also provide a link to that in the description. Uh, again, if you have an audible service and no, we're not getting promoted or anything like that, it should be for free. I don't know if it's going to be free for people who don't have audible, but you can probably sign up for a free trial and give it a shot. Not sure about that either. Yeah. If you sign up for the free trial, I think you can get it for free. I've had an audible membership for quite a while. I, I, really enjoy it when doing yard work and things like that too so it's a nice way to to uh take in some more media yeah it just i i cannot find time to read i really wish that i could but <laughs> it's it's been a it's been a very good thing for me so yeah aside from that i've been you know kind of plugging through a few other things uh, a couple werewolf romance novels um which are always fun oh steamy oh of course and uh including the Wolf's Gift by Anne Rice uh, and the follow-up to it was a gift to me for the holidays and I've been slowly plugging through that. That's a paper copy that's sitting uh, next to the bed and when, I, when I'm in the mood I'll you know just kind of sit down and read for uh, an hour or so and get through a bunch of chapters. I know that X and I had a brief conversation about Anne Rice at large where he had some frustrations with her style always having like a an upper class tier which I can definitely appreciate that perspective but I don't think it really detracts from the story that she's telling in this case so about halfway through it you know I'm I'm enjoying it I'll I'll admit it's a uh, very well written to take a, a slightly different perspective on this overall I, my path and my uh, college training is as a writer and I've tried uh, at various points in the past, you know, using using my skills to try to work through or express some of the stuff I talked about in the last episode, but it's difficult. I mean, may maybe it's because, you know, I, I don't understand myself, or maybe it's because my efforts should be more concentrated on myself rather than, you know, being comprehensible to a general audience. BP, that's why I like writing poetry. Because it doesn't have to be comprehensible to somebody else. I know what it means. And I like that. I like forcing myself into a constrained box in that way. Where I'm trying to make every single word count to tell a story. And then seeing the interpretation of others when they read it. I don't do it a lot. But I've written some doozies. I'm sorry. I got stuck on the box thing. <laughs> he is a cat. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's right. If you haven't noticed, I can meander and ramble and and pontificate if necessary. And I like the fact that you know the the process of getting the initial thoughts down and going through those iterations and refinement, um, and distilling it down to the core. That's what I really enjoy about it. It's not like I like to limit myself to the number of words or anything like that. I don't like I don't like writing haikus, for instance. But when every single line has to count and tell and progress the story, and you want to do it as concisely as possible, that I 
I really, I for whatever reason, I really like that, and I can say safely that I loathed poetry in grade school. Loathed it. Uh, didn't want to read it. Didn't want to write it. Didn't want anything. And that it was a vehicle that made sense for me to work out some emotions and difficulties that I had been suffering at one point. And that kind of opened a, a door where I, I've written not many, a couple dozen maybe at most, most of which are never been shared and won't be shared. Um, but it, it enabled me to work through some of those difficulties without feeling the need to explain in the hyper detail to try to make sure that, you know, all all gaps are closed and I'm getting across exactly what I want to say. This is a almost freeing thing to be able to do and say, if you don't understand it, I really don't care. Maybe because, you know, my feelings about this kind of thing are, you know, a lot of uncertainty and confusion. Maybe, you know, that's what's coming across when I try to write about it. Maybe that's sort of a, a natural result. I don't know. Like I said, I've occasionally done it in the hopes of trying to work things out. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's not something I've, I've tried for quite a while, actually. I used to want to write, and I used to try writing a lot, but I think at the time of my life, I, I took too logical of an approach to writing. And I kind of think back to my childhood, and I'm, I'm pretty sure that I'm neurodivergent. Um, <laughs> I'm not normal. But that's okay. So, like, uh, in grade school, when we were taught things like poetry, I, I think that I expected that the world around me thought that there was supposed to be some kind of secret formula or decoder for how things like poetry actually worked. I didn't really appreciate that it was supposed to be my own interpretation. Uh, I also felt like I was going to be stupid if I didn't interpret things the way everyone else did and as an adult i see it's very much more like blue just mentioned it's art in and of itself is and it's it's an emotional process and it's going to mean something different to every person that comes in contact with it the designer artist is going to have a, a different thing from it than the audience will and and that's fine and i think that that has helped me to realize that even things like sketching, sometimes they have to flow from the heart. And if I apply too logical or too stringent of a process for it, I will find myself blocked very easily. But if I just kind of feel things out and try not to worry about it so much, it's almost like stream of consciousness, but rather than using words, it's it's using pencils blending and things like that like it's uh the same can be applied for words too but it's just a thing to to kind of feel out and i think we we try to logically approach so many things in our lives especially when we're we know we aren't supposed to be animal people and this and that and the other it's kind of ingrained in us to be that logically critical toward ourselves and it's difficult to kind of get away from that yeah like I, I'll uh, remember my my first my freshman year in college. I had a roommate, and we we just didn't click. We'll just put it that way. Uh, but one of the things that I remember talking to him about 
was we got into various subjects and we got talking about it tangential to poetry and it kind of led into that and he he referenced um stopping by woods on a snowy evening by robert frost and that's the one that ends with the woods are lovely dark and deep but i have promised keep in mouth to go before i sleep and mouth to go before i sleep so you probably learned it in high school and we got talking about it and we were kind of given the our each interpretation and he said well you know i i did ap courses and we determined this is clearly being referenced to santa claus and i said i don't believe that i don't think that robert frost had santa claus in his mind when he wrote this and he just kind of pounded his fist and said well i'm right and uh, in my class agreed with me so therefore you're wrong and just kind of stomped out of the room i think it's important to be open to interpretation to you know and, and this could be applied in many ways to yourself as well and you know be open to interpretation be open to potentially being wrong be always critical of yourself um or at least looking at yourself in a critical manner uh all that stuff but i really feel it's important that you know if you want to have a dialogue you want to have these discussions you want to have the fun of the debate that's what's necessary it's not you don't take the hard line you think about it you say oh maybe that is an interesting interpretation did you what what about this and that type of thing and you know that that was one of the reasons we didn't get along because he was so set that I am right and I am not someone that just simply says, hey, you're right and I'm going to accept you, accept what you say and then bond with life. I've gotten to the point now that I just kind of acknowledge you and maybe ignore you at that point, but that's a different story. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, obviously, I don't have uh, any problems on the self-critical part. <laughs> what? A fox? Oh. Are you sure you're not a wolf? Are you sure? Who knows about anything? Is there? My wolf. <laughs> I don't know. You ate a lot of steak there. Really? Okay. Well, yeah. But how, I how, how did you have it cooked? Is the first question, though. Never. Beamer. Okay. Good man. Good. Are you sure this Good. isn't some fox prank to throw us off the scent? Have you ever smelled a fox? I... Oh no, I haven't I... been able to smell BP across an internet line. No. I'm just. I'm just saying. <laughs> The muskiness is pretty strong. <laughs> so I've heard. Yeah. Oh, BP, you don't have to take that. Zeph would know all about that. <laughs> well, what? And apparently I could I could sound uh, like one just by ratcheting, you know, up the pitch of my voice and screaming at the top of my lungs. I mean, if you want to try that, we can have the, the audience, the listeners, gauge whether you're foxy or not. Ooh, 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 we could do it too. What does the fox say? <laughs> Just random screaming. Because <laughs> apparently, apparently that's... Uh, You're getting a double face uh, from me right now. Yeah, yes. I, 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 I feel you. Uh, apparently it and... Um, was it not lions that uh, are commonly cited as possible animal uh, sources of weird noises at night? Yeah, they, they sound weird. It's not a roar. It's more of an oof. I need to step away for just a minute. Potty, you guys can continue if you want. <laughs> ah, he's going potty. Uh-huh. If this makes it in or not, doesn't matter. Um, yeah. Remember the, to uh... bury Zeph. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> I tip my hat to you on that one. 
So <laughs> <laughs> basic and elemental, it blew you away, huh? <laughs> oh. Anyways. Oh. Um, <laughs> still tickling you. <laughs> oh. Anyways. Um. Damn it, now I lost my train of thought. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, what did I miss? Oh, I hear that voices. What did I miss? Did you bury? Yeah. I did. My letterbox? Yeah. Yes. Good. Oh, like a good wolf. Wait, 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 why is that even a question? I... Never, never mind. I don't. Uh... I'm just curious, like, some I came back and Blue was talking about how someone had ruined his train of thought. Uh, who was it? It wasn't me. <laughs> no, no, it, it, it was uh, your fellow tiger there talking about burying. <laughs> yeah, I was yelling at you to remember to bury. Oh, okay. I'm going to leave that in just so people can hear it. Yes, absolutely. We'll get canceled faster than ever. This is the... Yes. This is the kind of nonsense that happened. Alright, so do we have any other um, any other thoughts on media-ish stuff? Uh, other than there's a lot of good media out there. <laughs> um, I'm sure we can continue to pick there up is. pieces. Um, and we can do a uh, just what are, we, what are we going through at some point too. That's not even directly related to the Therian subject, so. Oh, but Anyway, someone ruined my train of thought. So, I think I'm done with that. It wasn't even me. <laughs> it was you by proxy. Train. Chuppa, 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 chuppa. Moo, moo. I have no shame. Okay, so there are a few other, like, community-sponsored things that I want to bring up, too. Um, I apologize to the critters who do the Therian Bedtime Stories podcast. I completely didn't mention that episode four is out now. It's unfortunate that Barrex is not able to be on today, but he is the narrator of the fourth episode, so I will put a link in the description for you all to check that out. The critters that are working on this project are still looking for content, so if you're willing to write up a story that fits in line with what else has been narrated on the channel so far, feel free to reach out to them, and if you are interested in possibly narrating one, reach out to them for that too. Like, basically, they're they're looking for people who are willing to submit their content and who can help move the project along. I may or may not have narrated one. We'll see in the future, I guess. TA has already done one too. So I think Black, Black Paws and Blue, one of you has to do it next. I agree. Uh, as I was about to say, I, um, I'm not familiar with this series. So how, how would you describe the, the kind of content that they're looking for? So it was intended to be like five minute sort of like well it's it's bedtime stories basically right. but from a Therian perspective so uh, most of them describe scenes where animals are going through nature almost like in a meditative sense mm -hmm. so it's dealing with the sounds that go around them what they feel uh, both like what they physically feel like with their pulse and things like that too and, and emotionally so uh, TA you, you did one too so what do you think about that as a narrator, but odd. You take on a, a, sort of a softer voice. And now it's time for TA ASMR session. Oh, jeez. That's what it felt like, <laughs> though. Jeez. It it sort of does. 
So like Callisto, I think knocked it out of the park with because I think he was the narrator in the first episode. Oh yeah, and didn't you have so, sound effects? Like, I don't remember, but um, like a week or two ago, I finally sat down and tried recording it for myself, and I ended up sounding really growly, <laughs> and it just—I don't know—it's it's interesting to kind of because it's. I guess for me, narrating someone else's story, I wanted to try to make sure that I did it in a way that really kind of knocked home what they were trying to convey. And it's kind of hard because you're not really in that person's mind. So the whole time I'm like, am I doing this right? I hope I'm doing this right. (laughs) I took an approach of having a soft voice for the normal parts, but if there was any kind of action or tension to it, I, I sort of shortened my voice, got a little more staccato in the way I talked, and then I loosened up a bit, uh, relaxed out. The other difficulty that I had personally, knowing that people may be listening to this to kind of help them get into a, a sleepy mindset, I, I tried to not make my voice speed up too much, even for moments where there were like uh, when I was narrating actions that were going on. Because I didn't want it to defeat the purpose, so I was like, I don't know how to really do that, um, but it's 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 interesting. I I don't know. I don't know how well my interpretation was received, so I could be completely off base on this. But my thoughts were that you can keep it sleepy by sort of modulating, like having a sort of a, a almost a whisper to your voice. Not putting a lot of force into your voice, but sort of changing how the gosh, I can't I can't even describe what I did, but you're not changing the loudness of your voice or forcefulness. You're changing other things about your voice to imbibe it with a sense of urgency. Imbibe it with a sense of time slowing down i guess like you're in more in the moment rather than sort of gliding along on this sort of soft thing and suddenly you stop and you're going from moment to moment in this uh reading of action and then once that action is over you go back to this smooth smooth voice again throughout the entire thing you're not really raising your voice or putting too much force behind it you're all keeping it generally the same level so yeah definitely if you are interested give the episodes that have already been published give them a listen i think i put the previous episodes in the description for uh and again i think it's you can just search for therian bedtime stories and i want to say they are on youtube and podbean i'm not sure where else they may be but uh, give them a listen, and that kind of gives you an idea for like what what they're kind of looking for as far as delivery goes. But it's it it'll take a while to kind of you got to play around with it a little bit. I think I consider it if I think I can get into the mood. Well, you know, like I said, my past attempt to uh, I guess be expressive and deal with what I'm thinking through writing haven't exactly been uh, successful, but might. Maybe something like this would get me in the right mindset, or more like poetry, uh, like we said earlier. These are relatively short stories. I'm going to say like 500 to 800 words. Does that sound about right, DA? Yeah, thereabouts. It's like a, a few pages. It's not not super long. 
continuing the vein with community creators bubbles is looking for interviewees for the next episode of cheetah chirps in this episode bubbles would like to interview people who have uncommon stereotypes and i will list off the questions that are going to be surveyed was it more difficult to question and figure out your type than other common types you have or what you would expect other people with more common types so basically does being an uncommon stereotype do you feel like it made that more difficult for you to figure out your type and such number two do you find it more difficult to find items that connect you to your type or that are related to your type three is it disheartening to not be able to find many other people that share your species four what activities do you enjoy that help connect you to your uncommon stereotype are they unusual or similar to that what other people with more common types do if you feel like you have a question about well what i'll do is i will provide you the email to contact bubbles directly or there's also a thread on therian guide where you can ask questions there too some people have asked like what exactly would an uncommon stereotype be and it's uh, it can be kind of subjective but kind of use the general approach of uh maybe i think the first question kind of hits home there is your stereotype so uncommon in the community that it's difficult to find resources on or it was difficult to come to that conclusion uh, if that seems to be kind of the case then you may want to reach out to bubbles to be interviewed for the next episode of the cheetah troops hmm. uh you know i, I know bubbles that for uncommon stereotypes but sometimes it feels like you know even the ones that some people consider common have have the same sort of difficulty so getting probed out in the question so I just thought that was, in a, for me, an interesting thought to have. Understandable. And I mean, debatably, um, I'm not going to try to speak too much because it's, uh, again, a topic that the Bubbles is going to approach. But like as a tiger, people seem to think from the outside that tigers are super common no. in spaces. And <laughs> no. they're actually really not, um, at least not in the long term. So it's my own personal discovery process like i didn't even have that i didn't know there was a theory in community so like i don't even know if this really applies to me per se uh we mentioned before that like uh barracks is discussed like during his process of discovery werewolf lore was the only thing that was really available so that's kind of he kind of felt like that's maybe what he had to look for or in that direction but as the community has become more accessible I'm sure some of those dynamics have changed. Um, like in his case, bears still don't see common at all. Tigers, I don't know. We still see some tigers here and there. But TA, would you say that tigers are a rare or uncommon stereotype? Uh, I'm like, yes. They are, they are between rare and uncommon. But they, they are definitely more than uncommon. Right. So, uh, but again, reach out, to the, reach out to Bubbles if you're not sure about whether or not this applies to you. Uh, bubbles may actually be accepting write-ins for people who maybe have more common stereotypes so bp you know it might make sense for you to reach out to him and say hey uh i kind of have these struggles too even though i have what is considered a more common stereotype uh, it might be food for thought for future episodes for their podcast too yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll turn it over my head i think round and round like a wheel yep in circles yes <laughs> All right, two more things. Uh, last episode, I mentioned that there may be a howl going on in New Jersey. I think I brought that up. 
the host has confirmed that the site has been paid for and there are links now on both Warelist and Therian Guide. So if you are interested in attending a new, new Jersey Howl, feel free to check those out. The dates are set in stone. It'll be uh, May 20th through May 22nd. It's not a whole lot of advance notice. So if you are interested, please let the host know as soon as possible. It might be one of those things where if you're closer to the area, it'll be easier to coordinate. Sorry for not having much more notice than that, but again, we'll try to publish this episode out in enough time for you to make whatever arrangements you need to. Uh, additional community news on May 14th, 12 p.m. Central Time, Cheetah and Blood Muffins are going to be hosting the next serious therianthropy discussion chat. There are a few different ways that you can log on to IRC to participate in that, and I will try to provide links to that on both Wearlist and Therian Guide as well. The topics for this time. 1. Many of our theriotypes place more emphasis on sense than humans do. Many Therians are likewise, with some even reporting the urge to scent mark. How do you relate to scent, be it your own or others? Question 2. If you had pets during childhood, do you think therianthropy affected how you related to them? Do you think they affected your therianthropy? If so, how? Question 3. Do you experience dream shifts? If so, what are they like? How often do you have them? And how important do you feel they are? If you are interested in checking that out, uh, please do participate. And look for links to those in the description. Any other comments or anything like that before we close? Just that I'm always looking out or I this uh, you know discussion has inspired me to you know maybe try to look out for you know more Darian inspired artistic endeavors you know and see if it can prod me along you know prod me along or you know somehow we'll see what you'll find look at the fox with pencils and crayons and stuff I'll take whatever all right. Well, thank you all for listening in to the Where Are We podcast. If you have any feedback, would like to offer a suggestion for content, if you might want to hop on the show sometime to discuss one of the topics that we are hosting, things like that, feel free to email us at wherearewepodcast at gmail.com. I'll have it typed out in the description as well. And we look forward to seeing you again soon. Okay, thanks. Bye. This is the end.